Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Week number 16 reaction. So two games left, but the Giants lose this one. A close one for the most part, 33-25. Came down to the final play, basically. Might have been pass interference on that play. I know Saquon got pushed, but... You know, is what it is. I, I At this point, obviously, I just want to lose and just get the better draft pick. Oh, well. But the Giants lose 33-25. There were some bad officiating moments. It was a weird game because, you know, Brock Purdy, not Brock Purdy, I'm watching the Niners, so I have that name stuck in my mind. But a guy who some uh, fans compared to Brock Purdy, Tommy DeVito, which, you know, was crazy. But Tommy DeVito, it seems like that run is over, that the uh, DeVito magic is over, um, was not very effective in the first half. He got benched after halftime. Tyrod Taylor came in, and, you know, Tyrod was not perfect. He missed two big throws in this game. One was a third down to Saquon, like a check down throw. He missed him short and outside, and then there was the play to Darren Waller um, where he probably, if he caught it, could have scored on that play. So, yeah, he definitely missed a couple big throws, but Tyrod made some very impressive throws in this game as well. So to be fair to him, yeah, he missed some easy ones, but at the same time made some awesome throws. Um, there was even that great throw in the bucket to um, to Wandale, and he dropped it. But, yeah, some really nice throws there, even the one to Darius Slayton. There was one to Darren Waller. So, you know, an up-and-down game for Tyrod, but I did like what I saw from him. Um, the 69 yard pass, by the way, was the longest Giants play of the year. So that's 69 yard touchdown by Darius Slayton. Um, longest play of the year for the Giants offense. I don't know if that's good or bad. I feel like 69 yards is not a crazy amount, but whatever. Um, the Eagles in this game didn't look too impressive. I feel like coming away from this game, I'm like not too impressed with them. And, you know, San Francisco right now, they're down by a couple possessions to the uh, Ravens. So I guess our perspective will change on them as well. But um, yeah, I'm not too high on the uh, Eagles right now. That's for sure. So there's a lot to get into, a lot of storylines in this game. We'll talk about draft position. Right now, the Giants sit at number five. So that's great. The Patriots lost or the Patriots won. You feel like it's a loss, but they actually won. So I don't know. Anyway, so the Patriots won. The Giants are right behind them. They're right behind Washington. We'll see if they can possibly get up into the top three. We'll talk about that at the end. Hope you guys enjoy, of course. Leave a like and let's get into it. And by the way, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate, of course. Um, I don't know when I'm uploading this, so it might not even be Christmas by the time this is up, but you get the point. And that's why I'm dressed up nice for like the first time ever. You don't see this very often, so enjoy me wearing a nice shirt for the, you know, one of the few times you'll ever see it. So anyway, it was a tale of two halves, that's for sure. Um, Trying to do the math here. So the Giants in the second half outscored Philly 22-13. to 13. So the Giants were obviously the better team in the second half, and it got started right away. I mean, on the opening kickoff in the third quarter, you had Zacchaeus run right into Boston Scott, I think it was, and he fumbled. The Giants took over. Saquon ran in the touchdown right after that. So... Right out of halftime, the Eagles really shot themselves in the foot, and they were up in this game, I think, 20-3 to at one point, and it felt like it was going to be a very boring game, a depressing game, and, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, it's going to be like a 38-7 to or 38-10 to type game, but the Giants, I think part of it might be due to the, you know, putting in Tyrod. I think that helps. I don't think that Darius Slayton play happens with uh, DeVito in the game. But the Giants' defense and special teams, and yeah, the special teams had their bad moments. I know the opening punt was bad. Jamie Gillen was horrible. And I I think the broadcast said that Gillen was injured. So there is some built-in excuse to why he was punting so bad today. 
But if you're that bad to the point where it's hurting the team, like you have to bench yourself. Like not, not I don't know. Like I don't know how to say that because it depends what type of player you are. Like I, I give him credit, of course, for like you know toughing this out. But I remember that famous game when uh, Philip Rivers was playing on the torn ACL back in that 2006 AFC Championship game, and Ladainian Tomlinson was hurt and. LT had to bench himself. I don't want to say LT, you know, with Giants fans, but Ladanian Tomlinson, um, you know, benched himself and put in Michael Turner as the starter because, you know, Tomlinson said, like, I'm hurt right now and I don't feel I give my team the best chance to win. So I know, you know, punter and a uh, punter in a regular season game and a lost season versus running back in a playoff game. Very different scenario, obviously. But, you know, still, there is a bit of like, you know, at what point are you hurting the team? And I think we got there with Graham Gano too. Graham Gano got to a point where he was going to try and tough it out and kick through it. But at what point do you hurt the team? And Graham Gano got to a point, sadly, where he was hurting the team too much. Um, Isaiah Likely, man, what a stud. <laughs> anyway, um, the Adoree Jackson pick six, huge play in this game. Um, uh, it was 20 to 10. The interception happened when the Eagles were on the 28 yard line of the Giants. So they were about to go up by, you know, 13 or maybe even more. Could have been, uh, you know, could have been a, a two touchdown game at that point. But a big interception there by Adoree Jackson, who had his bad moments, obviously. He seems to do that a lot. But um, Jackson almost dropped it. He somehow came up with it, was able to um, outrun Jalen Hurts down the sideline. I think Hurts had a pretty dirty tackle on that play, too. But a big pick six there for Adoree Jackson. And you, you know in a game like this when you are big-time underdogs, like you're going to need some type of defensive score or a blocked punt and just win the turnover battle. And the Giants did win the turnover battle 2-1 to one today, but the turnovers they got were big, right? You're talking a pick six that gives you seven points, and you're talking the special teams fumble in the opening kickoff of the third quarter where the Giants took over on like probably like Philly's seven-yard line or something. Like they were right there. So... They weren't just like interceptions where they got down back in their own territory. These were big turnovers that resulted in, you know, basically 14 points. I know Saquon ran in the other one, but as I said, they took over like on the seven yard line. So um, much credit to the special teams there. And as I said, the special teams had their bad moments for sure. But when you make a big game changing play like that, that's sometimes all you need just to, you know, make your special teams look better. Um all right, where else do we go in this game? So, I mean, I guess we'll touch on the quarterback stuff quickly. As I mentioned, DeVito was not doing much. He was 9 for 16, 55 yards. A lot of checkdowns and stuff, and it just is what it is. I mean, the Giants' play calling in the first half was just not good. Like, I do defend Mike Kafka a lot. I am guilty of that. But I was not a fan of a lot of the play calling in the first half. I mean, there were some plays that were close to working. I remember that play with DeVito where they did that quarterback draw on like a second and nine, and he was very close to breaking out and would have had a big run. I think John Michael Schmitz like probably should have helped uh, Justin Pugh on that play. I think they showed, but instead he just tried to get into the second level, and I think it was Jordan Davis who wrapped up DeVito before he got that first down. So like there were plays to be made, and, and some players made some mistakes, but... Um, the Giants offense, obviously, in the second half, it wasn't, like, amazing, right? Let's be honest. I mean, Tyrod did make some big throws in the fourth quarter. Um, I did miss the Darius Slayton play. I went to the bathroom, came out, and I'm like, I look at the score. I'm like, how the hell did this happen? Like, we were in our own territory. Like, 
I don't know how this happens. So, you know, I saw the replay, of course, but, um, you know, a nice throw there. You know, it seemed like the safety that was covering uh, Slayton kind of like gave up on the play. It was weird, but Tyrod's a type of guy who sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but he'll let it loose. Obviously, like Tyrod is not afraid to just let it go. That's why I'm a big fan of Tyrod as compared to a guy like DeVito or especially Daniel Jones, who's very conservative. Like Tyrod, yeah, he'll sometimes get burnt and sometimes throw a pick and put the ball in harm's way. But what Tyrod won't do is like go down looking. Like he will go down swinging. He will give you that deep shot. He'll he'll find his wide receiver one-on-one, give him that deep ball. We saw the deep shots in that game versus the Bills. He came in and played, and Jalen Hyatt had some of his best games when Tyrod was playing. So, you know, it all makes sense. But, yeah, for Darius Slayton, that was a really good play. Was able to stay in bounds, keep his feet in. Got himself the touchdown there. Um, Saquon Barkley had his moments, 23 uh, 23 carries, 80 yards. There was a big emphasis on giving Saquon the ball early in this game. It felt like they gave him the ball a bit too much sometimes, but they had a very conservative game plan when Tommy DeVito was the quarterback. It felt like when Tyrod came in, they opened things up more. So that's why I always felt like I know the whole DeVito thing. He's a lot younger than Tyrod and at least has a longer future in this league, probably. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I understood the reasons for playing Tommy DeVito when Tyrod was healthy to come back. Oh, Lamar needed that touchdown, man. Come on. But anyway, big fantasy matchup on the line. I think I won, but I'm just like, I need these points. You never know. So anyway, I understood playing DeVito, right? It makes sense, right? The guy was winning games and was being a good game manager. He had a really good game versus the commanders that one week. But what I saw from Tyrod when he was in, Tyrod's the better player. Like Tyrod gives you the best chance to win. But of course, Tyrod is 34, 35 years old. So you don't want to like just throw him out there. And in a lost season, like you would, you would rather see DeVito and see what does this kid have? Because what if he is the next Brock Purdy? What if he is the next Tom Brady? It's a one in a million, right? I don't know if it's a million, but it's like a one in probably like 200 or I don't know. It's a very slim chance that that guy is the next Brady or Purdy or whoever. But you never know. Like you have to do your due diligence and find out what we have in Tommy DeVito, which I think going back to 2017 when the Giants benched Eli Manning, for Geno Smith, a lot of fans were pissed off, myself included, because they were doing it for Geno Smith, who at that point had a lot of starts with the Jets, and we kind of knew what Geno was, or at least we thought we did, and Geno broke out when he was like 31. But we wanted to see the young guy, Davis Webb, play, right? Davis Webb was like the rookie, or was it a second year? I think it was a rookie that year. Yeah. So Davis Webb was in his rookie year, but it's kind of the same thing here. Like, why would you play the older guy who, like, you know what you have in him, which would be Tyrod in this situation, but you don't know what you have in DeVito. I think by now we know what we have in DeVito, right? I think we get it. But, you know, at that time, I understood sticking with him, right? DeVito had a rough one last week. The Giants gave him one more start. And I had a feeling it was not going to, you know, go well this week. But, you know, they benched him after the first half. It wasn't pitiful. It wasn't like DeVito was, like, awful in the first half. But the Giants were just not moving the ball. And I think Dable was just not satisfied. And he was like, you know what? Tyrod probably gives us the best chance to win. And that's what we're going to do. So I think that's what they did. And that's that's pretty much it. Um, Rest of the offense, Darius Slayton had the three catches, 90 yards. Bellinger, four for 43. 
Darren Waller, only two catches for 32 yards. Um, I feel like Waller Waller should have had that touchdown. I mentioned that missed throw by Tyrod. Really good play call. I think it was a fourth and one or a third and one. It was one of those type of short plays. And Tyrod had a really good play fake, rolled out to the left. There was pressure coming from his strong side, so he saw it coming. So I definitely think that impacted the throw. But he missed Darren Waller short. It probably should have been a touchdown or at least like a massive gain. So that was a big missed opportunity on one of Darren Waller's five targets, but two catches for 32 yards. Um, I know people are mad at Waller because he stayed on the ground too long and the Giants were trying to get off another play, but the guy was shaken up. Like, I, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're hurt, you're hurt. Like, you know, it is what it is. It's a very weird thing. And the Giants actually got screwed. Uh, they got screwed on a similar play like that in the first half. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts made a very stupid play at the end of the second quarter to stay in bounds instead of running out of bounds and saving clock. But, of course, the Giants got penalized for uh, what was the actual penalty? Here we go. Delay of game. Yeah, they called a delay of game for um, Bobby Okereke for, like, sitting on the ball when the Eagles were trying to get the, the snap off and, and try and get an extra kick. So... You know, stuff like that, like the Giants did beat themselves in, in certain ways in this game, like something like that cost them three points, which, you know, I know they won by eight Philadelphia, but still like that's that could have been a big difference of how the game was played. So something like that self-inflicted error, you know, by Bobby Okereke, who has been awesome this year. So I can't get on him too much. Okereke almost had an interception in this game as well. But, um, you know, something like that, like that was a big play in this game as well that gave the the Eagles like three extra points when they probably shouldn't have had any. And it seemed like Jalen Hurts made a massive mistake, but he pretty much got bailed out. I got to be honest. Rest of the offense. Um, yeah, I feel like the offensive line wasn't that bad. Uh, luckily, Tyrod and DeVito are good at being elusive and getting away from pass rushers. I feel like Tyrod is very good at that. DeVito's pretty good at that. Um, but only one sack for Philly in this game, right? So only two sacks in this game total. Hertz was sacked once. One sack in the game total for Philly's defense. And that's great to see. I felt like the Giants' offensive line was going to be a big issue in this game. And they really weren't. You know, the Giants' offensive line had their moments. I feel like Saquon had his holes and, you know, there weren't many sacks given up. So I can't really be that mad at the Giants' offensive line in a game like this. I know that's like our go-to answer of like offensive line, offensive line. But it really wasn't that bad in this game. I got to be honest. Uh, Tyrod did have two carries for 21 yards. I forget when this happened, but I feel like he had one nice run. He had a 15-yard run, so that's probably what it was. Um for the rest of the offense, I think that's pretty much it. Like, that's pretty much it for the offense. Um, there's probably some other missed opportunities I'm thinking of. That's pretty much it for the offense. I mean, the biggest turning point in this game has to be the play that happened with 14 minutes to go on a third and 20 Philly had. I mean, it, this was a crazy play. It really seemed like the Giants had them on the ropes. Like, it, it really felt like momentum was going in their favor. It was 20-18. to 18. Giants were down two. Just got that two-point conversion. Um, like, they were there. Like, there was a very good chance. Like, the Giants could have, like, stopped them there, got the ball back, at least made a field goal, got a one-point lead. But on this play, it was on the Eagles' 26-yard line, a third and 20. Third and 20, and Jalen Hurts, who, you know, was getting booed by the Eagles crowd, and, you know, I feel like fans were very pissed off about how the Eagles played. Even though they won, I feel like Eagles fans are not that happy with this performance, but Hurts found a way to get away from Dexter Lawrence, got away from Ojalari a bit, got away from Kayvon, he stepped up and made a great throw right over the um, stretched hands of... Um, 
Isaiah Simmons, I believe that was, to A.J. Brown for a first down. That was like a 25-yard throw. They pick up the first down. Like That was the game-changing play right there. So if the Giants were able to stop Jalen Hurts on that third and 20, this could have been a completely different outcome. Like I feel like the Giants had a chance to win this game if it wasn't for that. All the momentum in this game was in their favor, big time. And that one play in the game changed everything. You had the Kenneth Gainwell big run right after that. Um, you had the slant play to A.J. Brown where he broke the tackle from Midori Jackson, got down inside the five. And I'm trying to see how they scored. I forget. Oh, DeAndre Swift had that touchdown. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, after that touchdown in the early fourth quarter, they make it a two-score game, go up by nine. And at that point, the Giants had a tough assignment to come back, you know, in Philly, fourth quarter, um, two-score game. You know, this was a big play in the game as well, the fourth and one play. I think that was right after they missed Darren Waller. So if Darren Waller had caught that long catch and maybe scored or got down inside the Eagles 20, um, this could have been a different outcome once again. So just a lot of missed opportunities in this game. Like, I really do feel like the Giants could have won this thing. And, you know, it makes me feel better about the coaching and things like that. But at the same time, they had their own mistakes. I think the Giants at one point had the, the too many men in the huddle. That cost them five yards. There was something else stupid that happened, too, in this game. I forget now, but I, I feel like, look, the coaching has had its ups and downs this year. Last year, they had a perfect season, basically. This year, it's been more of, like, some good and some bad. Like, it just is what it is. But I was happy to see them battle in this game and not get embarrassed by Philly, which tends to be the outcome in most cases. They were 14-point underdogs. I mean, what could you really expect? The hurdle by DeAndre Swift on uh, Belton was awesome, by the way. I'm just watching the highlights again. Like, that was an awesome hurdle by him. But um, I w it was nice to see them compete. Like, I know, like, there's no moral victories and shit like that. But as two touchdown underdogs, like... What else are you supposed to expect? Like, yeah, the, the the game was there to win, right? The game was there for the taking. Um, and Swift had that nice run, too, where he reversed fields. And, and uh, Jalen Hurts had that block on Thibodeau at the end, which pretty much iced the game. But even Jake Elliott here knocking down this 43-yard field goal was clutch. So, yeah, the Giants had their chances to win this game. I really do feel like they could have if a couple things went differently. Um, if they had Saquon on that third down play, uh, when Tyrod missed him short, if Tyrod hits Waller on that big catch, like this could have been a very different outcome. But unfortunately, sometimes, you know, football games are determined by two or three plays. And like you think about three plays, right? I'm thinking of the third and 20 play where the defense couldn't get that stop. And I'm thinking of the two plays where Tyrod missed those throws he probably should have made, right? Like those three plays changed the entire outcome of the game. The Giants definitely could have won if one of those plays went differently. But unfortunately, that was not the case. So you saw Brian Dable very pissed off, rightfully so. On that last play, I mean, I didn't see like a, you know, all 22 type of angle of it. So I don't know if Saquon was actually interfered with, but you know, Tyrod did a nice job of buying time. I, I think he put too much of a line drive on that throw. Like at that point, I feel like you kind of just want to throw that thing up there and see if you can get like a bounce to go in your way or something. But he thought he had Barkley in the back of the end zone. Maybe he did. Blake and Ship may have pushed him down in the back of the end zone before the ball got there. I don't know. But there was no call. And that call was not going to happen in Philly. You can't rely on the refs right there. Like it is what it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, sucks that they lost, but at the same time, like, I have my mind focused on draft position and possibly getting a, a really good quarterback. So, speaking of that, some positive news was that 
I don't know if you guys saw this or not. And like, this is like conspiracy type stuff. So if you want to go past this part, I don't blame you, but there could be some truth to it. So there was a tweet liked by Caleb Williams, who could be the number one quarterback in this class, depending on who you ask. Um, He liked the tweet saying that the bears should select Marvin Harrison jr. And not a quarterback. So why would a Caleb Williams like that tweet? Right. I think it was some from it was from like a random Bears fan. I don't know how he found the tweet or any of that stuff, but he liked that tweet saying the Bears should take the wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. And the Bears are in all likelihood going to have the number one overall pick from Carolina. I mean, you know, maybe they give it up somehow. Well, maybe not because, yeah, no, Carolina's got it. Yeah. So Chicago is going to have the first pick. Even if they win another game somehow, like based on strength of schedule, the Cardinals have a very high strength of schedule. So it's going to be Carolina. So anyway, that pick for Carolina obviously goes to Chicago. Chicago probably going to have the first pick. And you have Caleb Williams liking a tweet or a post saying that, you know, the Bears should not take a quarterback. And there was also an article released on Fox News that I saw this morning of Caleb Williams' dad, I forget his name now, but Caleb Williams' dad talking to Archie Manning, and we all know what happened back in 2004 when Archie Manning forced his son Eli Manning to not play for the San Diego Chargers and not play for that organization and force his way or force his son to a better organization, which at that time was in fact the New York Giants. Now, I know the Giants' luster has kind of worn off because the Giants have been awful for a decade now, but Caleb Williams and his father may pull a similar thing and with the nil money it's very doable now like you can really tell a team i am not going to play for you like i really do think somebody can pull this off right if you can't reach an agreement on the contract if caleb williams flat out tells them i'm not playing for you guys maybe this happens right there is a chance there is a chance if the giants end up with the fourth pick the fifth pick the third pick there is a chance we see Eli Manning and Philip Rivers 2.0, right? I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. There is a chance. The article's out there that Caleb Williams' father has had a conversation with Archie Manning, right? They know what happened there back in 04, and Caleb Williams himself is liking tweets of not going to the Chicago Bears organization. So I'm just putting it out there, right? I'm not trying to get too excited because the chances the Giants actually do this and pull it off are still very minuscule, but it's a chance, right? Any chance I'll take. So... That's out there. For draft pick in general, the Giants are number five overall in the draft. Their strength of schedule they, they is looking pretty good, right? Their strength of schedule is a 516 win percentage, which not too bad. But right now, they're behind Washington and New England, teams that I would love to be ahead of because both of them should probably be looking for a quarterback. But the good news now is that Arizona a team that's probably not taking a quarterback barring something unforeseen because they're, you know, tied to Kyler Murray for at least a couple more years. And at that point, why would you take one? So Arizona is probably going to be at the number two pick unless they win a game, which I forget who they play now, but Arizona has not looked great the last couple weeks. I'm hoping they lose out. I think Arizona plays somebody really good next week, and then they play Seattle in the final week, and Seattle's definitely going to have something to play for. So I'm hoping that they go 0-2 to close out the year. But the point I'm making is Arizona is probably going to sit at the second overall pick. We know that the top two prizes in this class are Caleb Williams and Drake May. Whichever, Whichever order you have them is up to you. But 
those two guys are the top two picks in this draft in all likelihood, unless Arizona stands pat and takes Marvin Harrison Jr. That could happen as well. But Arizona, if they're smart, should be in the market to try and trade back and gather a lot of assets. They did this last year. Remember, they did this last year trading back with the Texans. The Texans traded up and took Will Anderson Jr. at number three overall. They traded that pick with the Arizona Cardinals. So the Cardinals and their new GM, Monty Osenfort, has had a history of trading back already. So why why not do it again? You know, this is a perfect opportunity for a team with a quarterback in place and Kyler Murray to gather extra assets with three needy quarterback teams right behind you. There's going to be a bidding war probably for that second overall pick, whether it's the Commanders, whether it's the Patriots, whether it's the Giants, or there's probably some other team I'm missing in there. Who needs a quarterback this year? Let's see. Uh, Chargers, no. Tennessee, maybe. They might give Will Levis more time. I think they will. Atlanta, they're number 10 right now. Um, a team like that, like definitely could be in the running for a quarterback. Vegas at number 13 right now. I know they won today, surprisingly, but Vegas definitely could be in the market for a quarterback if they don't believe in uh, O'Connell for the long term. So I'm just saying, I feel much better about our position drafting after this week as compared to a week ago. Like I, I still am upset that they beat the Packers and they beat the Patriots. And Chad Ryland, by the way, who couldn't make like a 35-yarder to tie the game up in MetLife, he made a game winner from like 54 yards last night. That's that's just football. You can't make it up. So, you know, shout out to him. But right now the Giants sit at number five. Hopefully by the end of the year, the Giants can get a number four, maybe number three. I don't think top two is possible, but... Washington, to close out the year, once again, they have a tough schedule. Washington plays the Niners, who are going to lose this game, it looks like. Yeah, they're down by a lot. Um, They have the Niners next week. They are home. You never know, but probably going to lose. And then they play Dallas at home the final week of the year. So both games are at Washington. That's good. But the bad news is they're playing two of the top three teams in the NFC. So that sucks. So I would think that Washington probably loses out. They definitely could have and probably should have beaten the Jets. I'm hoping that Jacoby Brissett starts these last two games because he looks much better than Sam Howell. And for the Patriots, their final two games are at Buffalo next week, who Buffalo almost lost last week, right? to some Or this week, I should say, to some bad team. I forget who they played now. Who did Buffalo play? They played Saturday. Oh, the Chargers. Yeah, they played the Chargers, and that game was actually kind of surprisingly close. Um... And the Jets, they play the final week of the year. So Belichick can definitely beat the Jets. I've seen it plenty of times, obviously. We've all seen it plenty of times. So maybe New England can get another win and put the Giants at number four. But I think the Giants' chances of passing Washington are pretty low at this point. So that's the unfortunate part. But um, yeah, the Giants might have the fourth overall pick when it's all said and done. Right now, the Giants are going to play the uh, Rams next week. I'll take a look at that spread. Uh, who's down for uh is that Kyle Hamilton that would not be good for the the Ravens um right now the Giants spread for next week I know it was six and a half when I did the preview a couple days ago but things change obviously the look ahead spread is still six and a half so six and a half favorites there for the Rams um I guess crazier things have happened so I'm not going to say it's impossible for the Giants to win that game um, they, of course, competed today very nicely. And if Tyrod's in, I think Tyrod gives them the best chance to win, obviously. So if Tyrod's in, um, that could mean the Giants maybe win that game. You know, we'll see We'll see what happens there. But 
I think that's pretty much it. I like where we're at draft-wise. I think there's a chance at a quarterback still. Um, it may take trading up, obviously. I get it. But their chances of getting in the top four are possible now. They're number five right now once again. Um, the Chargers are right behind us, and the Chargers have a tough schedule as well. Tennessee's right behind us. So, yeah, strength of schedule is going to matter in situations like this, right? So I'm hoping that the Giants' strength of schedule gets as low as possible, and hopefully they keep the number five pick or get even higher, you know, get number four, number three. But, you know, they should hopefully be in the top five when it's all said and done, hopefully. So if they can trade up with Arizona, it's possible. I think they'll be looking to trade back probably. That's a smart thing to do. So we'll see what happens there. But um, that's going to do it. I didn't talk about the defense much in this game. Um, you know, I want to point out some individual guys on defense. I mean, you know, Kayvon made some nice plays. I feel like he had his times where he went invisible, which sadly happens with Kayvon. But I feel like in this game, Kayvon was pretty good for the most part. Um, let's see. Who played well in defense in this game? Dory Jackson was up and down. Did have the interception, so you got to give him a lot of credit for that. But um, Xavier McKinney had a half a sack, seven tackles, seven solo, ten total tackles. Isaiah Simmons had a pretty nice game. Simmons almost had the interception. He did almost hit the Jalen Hurts pass on third and 20. That would have been nice. He did force that fumble. He was given credit for that on the kickoff. So um, Jason Pinnock forced a fumble as well. Jihad Ward at half a sack. I think Ward made a big play at some point in this game. I forget when it was now. But Deontay Banks, I forget if he left with an injury or not. Did Deontay Banks leave this game? I got to check. I feel like Deontay Banks might have left this game with an injury. But when he was playing in the first half, he looked pretty good. Oh, yeah, he was questionable to return. Yeah, so I don't think he came back in the second half. But he was basically shadowing A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown did not do much in the first half. So a lot of credit there to uh, Deontay Banks. And I know A.J. Brown's had a quiet second half of the year for the most part. Like, he wasn't dominating, like, the first half of the year. But still, A.J. Brown's A.J. Brown. So to have that type of performance against him is a very good look for the rookie. A'shaun Robinson had a tackle for a loss. Dane Belton tackle for a loss. So, you know, some guys played well. Uh, Mike McFadden made a big play in the first quarter, I believe. I forget if that play counted, though. I feel like that play was not counted for some reason. I know Cordell Flock got burnt on that Devontae Smith touchdown, gave him inside leverage, and he got torched. And I think Adoree Jackson got blocked into the ground by Zacchaeus. So that was a rough look for those two on that play on the uh, Devontae Smith touchdown. But, you know, the Giants didn't look ready to play in the first half, unfortunately. Their offense really did not do much, but in the second half, once again, they outscored the Eagles by a score of 22-13, to 13. so they played much better in the second half, but, you know, unfortunately, their first half was not good enough, and they looked pretty bad for the most part. Um, you know, once again, shout out to Mason Crosby for making that field goal. That was cool to see, but, you know, the defense got off to a slow start. Jake Elliott made a couple field goals. You had that... Philly shove or brotherly shove on the first touchdown, which you hate to see that shit. I mean, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I feel like part of it is fair because every team can do it, but the Eagles are so good at it that it makes it OP and like, it's just annoying. But I think Jason Kelsey's probably going to retire after this year anyway. So hopefully that's the last year we have to deal with this type of dominance on that play. Um, the Devonte Smith touchdown, as I mentioned, that was pretty shitty by the particular players on defense, Cordell Flott. Adoree Jackson couldn't shed his block. And, um, yeah, I mean, the Giants special teams had their moments, but, you know, the defense overall was not good enough today. 33 points. You won the turnover battle. So, 
you know, 33 is too many points. So it is what it is. But anyway, uh, that's going to do it for the video. Feel pretty good about the draft position. Hopefully that stays in the top five, maybe higher. Um, I like that they competed today. It just is what it is. So somebody tweeted this, that A.J. Brown against Deontay Banks had two catches for 11 yards. I don't know if that's true or not. It's tweeted by somebody named Hoodie Garland. So I guess that's Darius Garland, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers guard. So if you want to believe that guy, go for it. But uh, yeah, it seemed like Deontay Banks did a good job in his assignment versus uh, A.J. Brown in the first half. So anyway, that's going to do it. Hope you guys enjoy the video. Um, as I said, seems like we're in a good spot right now. Probably going to lose the last two games. So probably a 5-12 and 12 finish is what it is. I'd rather get a better pick for next year and get that franchise quarterback we need and get Brian Dable a quarterback that he can really get the best out of. So we'll see what happens. Hope you guys enjoy, and I'll talk to you guys next time.